Buongiorno a tutti ragazzi, thank you very much for joining me on this final word once again as we take a calm and collected look at the week's Serie A fixtures and discuss how it's not basically the end of the world for every Inter fan across the globe. So cheers to a lovely Monday. Oh, big beer for a big day. Let's discuss a big match day in Serie A, okay? So, there's a fair few things to say about the Deadby that obviously doesn't get said in an instant match reaction or that doesn't get said straight away because, you know, you need to watch things back a couple of times. That was a very congested central midfield of the day. In between Inter and AC Milan, the amount of duels that were contested in midfield, the physical nature of the match as the match went on, it was absolutely ridiculous. So that was a tough derby, and I made a vow this season to not talk about refereeing decisions. I don't usually talk about refereeing decisions anyway. It's always been something I've been strongly against. I've always been someone who's advocated for, if you're good enough to win, you don't need to complain about the refereeing decisions. The fact that Kessier was not booked for a foul, though, that's horrible. And that referee has come under scrutiny today in the Italian media. But I, for one, am getting pretty sick to death of seeing articles that say that the referee has come under highlights for making mistakes against Inter. The fact of the matter is there's a couple of refs, or Sato and another one, that haven't refed an Inter game in two seasons because the last time they did it was an absolute catastrophe. There's inconsistencies all over the world, though. You know, I I basically spend my entire weekend in Australia or my whole Saturday night and Sunday morning just staying up and binge-watching football around the globe. And I'm seeing the same shit in every single league. What really puts this loss into context? The derby is tough even if one team is coming first and the other one is coming last. Which doesn't happen, but you get my point. Milan, as I said, were overdue for a win, but they got it in the only way that they could have won that match. By catching us off guard at the start and Zlatan using whatever's left of his ATP PC system, which is his physiological initial adaption to activity before he gasses it. He's only good for the first half. He's only good for 30 minutes and you know what? He bullied us. We allowed him to do it. They don't have the longevity for the season, Milan, because they're only an injury or two away from disaster. But they deserve that derby win because football matches go for 90 minutes, not 70. And they knocked us two goals in the first 20 minutes and they looked poor for the rest of the game after I watched it back. But that's fine. The damage was done. The damage was done. So, I am a little bit Oh, before I talk about like the context of where it stands in the league and stuff, I'll just talk a little bit more about like what I'm a little bit worried about. I'm really worried about Christian Eriksen and the fact that Conte just doesn't seem to want to play him. Like, I really don't think you can get anything out of a player who only comes on in the last 20 minutes. The game is already chaos. It's already catastrophe. What do you expect him to come on like a mastermind and just adapt to the game like the smartest player on the planet and start dictating it from scratch? You need to play him from the start. And he needs to show that he's worthy. He's not short of blame for having average performances. But I don't think he's integrated enough into the side. And I don't think his players around him really play for him. At Tottenham, he was such a focal point. 
you probably got a manager saying play for Christian play for Christian now you've got Christian coming on for the last 23 minutes of the game who doesn't speak Italian expecting to adapt as like the same player that he was in England that was never gonna happen without the right coaching and the right managerial strategy speaking of managerial strategies Bringing Kolarov in in a position where Godin was covering it pretty well, not 100% sure that was the best move. That's something that I said in the post-match reaction that I'll stick by. People saying it was, it was saving wages. Like, I said it was good to save wages, but you're saving a six million a year player. And you're playing Kolarov 2.5 million for this season, and it was a 1 mil transfer fee. 1.5 mil, I think. Technically, we didn't save that much on Godin. You'd hope a manager who prides himself on defensive security as much as Antonio Conte really put the two side by side and said, Kolarov is good for that position even though we're saving money on him. Godin is not that superior. Doesn't sound like a real bulletproof winning strategy. Which brings me to my next point. Showing that you're a champion side. A good side wins a lot of games and has a respectable season. A great side is in the running for silverware. Inter last year under Conte were a great side. We were a great side. Looking back on it, we stressed a lot, but we were a great side. Um, I want us to be a championship side this season the same way every fan and everyone expects us to be. And we still can be. To win the championship, you need to win... All of the games against the smaller and mid-table opponents, you can afford to lose one or two against the big teams. So it's still not over and done and dusted, of course. It's just started. I'm just a warning signs kind of guy. I'm a we've been here before kind of guy. So when I see the same mental lapses and the same mishaps in, you know, heads down, arms waving up in the air... When we look more frustrated and out of ideas than we do motivated and grintified, if that's a word, to actually keep pushing on, that's a little bit of a worry. But not necessarily to say that against Milan, because we had a couple of players that were pushing hard towards the end. If I may say, I, I'm starting to love Romelu Lukaku more and more every game. I said it with Christian Rivas and Mario this week, and I've said it before, he is a player that goes... All game, right to the very last kick, even if it means a backheel with his right foot. He's always going to try his hardest. Always. And he's still got the ability to bully sides. Lukaku's the least of our problems. I hope he stays for as long as possible. And I hope that the too many players in the team aren't too attached to Conte as a manager that will jump ship afterwards. Because you've got to remember, the modern day athlete in 2020 is very, very fragile. They do get a little entitled. And when they have agents that can dictate their moves left, right, center, north, south, north, south, east, west, and they can just go to another club like that, players do. It's not good for the clubs. The players and the agents have a lot of control. Way more than they should. Way more. Arsene Wenger was a huge like advocate for warning, warning about it subtly when he was in his career at Arsenal. I'm sure he's written about it in his book. I haven't read it yet, but it's supposed to be awesome. So, in context with the league, as always, um, Serie A, another good match day. Napoli, man. Big ups to Gattuso. Big ups. He got a 4-1 win over Atalanta. And, you know, I'm starting to really believe the, the hype around Atalanta's lack of defense. 
because, you know, they concede a lot of goals. And, you know, this was a game where Napoli were up to the task defensively and Atalanta just had absolutely nothing for them. Napoli crushed them. Um, Politano grabs a cracker of a goal as well. So, you know, big ups to Politano. Um, Roma got the three points, 5-2 against Benevento. Benevento still played half decent and I managed to get catch half of that game on the way to work. So, good for Benevento. I think they'll have a good season under people, under Inzaghi. You know, they've got some players that are working hard, and it looks like they've found an identity. And you know what? When you when you come off the back of such a big whoop-ass season in a lower division like they did, you can expect them to take a little bit more momentum and confidence going forward, unlike other teams that get promoted. Um, speaking of other teams that got promoted, though, I think Crotone squeezing a point out of Juventus was obviously not fantastic from an Inter point of view. But it once again just highlighted the sort of season that we've got going on in the world. The sort of season where you get COVID affects the side and a couple of players miss out. You know, Juventus is very heavily dependent on Cristiano Ronaldo. For good reason. He's phenomenal. But, you know, Juventus didn't look like they had full control of that game at any point. Even though when you look at their lineup, it's ridiculous how many good players they've got. Chiesa made a start, got a red card. That's pretty good. You know... Screw him. Not a fan. I didn't want us to go in for him at all, to be honest. Like, I never said I wanted to go in on him, not for 40, 50, 60 mil. I always said he's not the player we needed, but I thought we would have invested a little bit more in our Mercato. But, you know, all things considered, everything was all right with our Mercatos. Now's not the time to talk about that. I'm pretty happy with the players that we've got. Very happy with the players that we've got, to be honest. Um... Roma, on the other hand, like they're going to have a tough season, I reckon. But they win over Benevento. It's going to be a really tough fight for the top four and six. It's really going to be as close as close as we've ever seen it, to be honest. Um, I was just saying that because I was just thinking about the Lazio lost 3-0 to Sampdoria, who's supposed to be cellar dwellers. They're supposed to come in the bottom three, and they signed Candreva, and he played really well. Quagliarella still getting on the score sheet. 3-0 against Lazio. I haven't watched any of that game, so I can't speak about it as much, but they look a little lost for ideas, and I was a little worried about this for them this season because, you know, I don't mind them. I don't mind Simone Inzaghi. I like a lot of the players that they've got, and, you know, last season, watching the way they were playing, it was pretty nice to see. Uh, but it, they do look like the kind of side that because they don't have any winners, like none, no winners in their side... They don't know how to keep consistent, and they're going to drop too many games this season. They're starting to remind me of what they were two seasons ago. Last season, they were brilliant. The season before that, they were showing signs of being able to push, and they started to bully Inter out of the top four a little bit towards, towards the end. They just might be destined for a fifth-place season again this season if they don't pick up their act a little bit. Chiro Immobile, last season was, you know, a season where he's, he's not going to get the same amount of penalties again. That's for sure. So he's not going to score the same amount of goals. That was a fluky total for him, if I may say. I might bite my tongue on that a little bit later, but yeah. So with Juventus and Napoli dropping points. And Tottenham Hotspur leading 3-0 in the 82nd minute, drawing 3 all. Real Madrid lost 1-0 to a team that recently got promoted. Barcelona lost 1-0 to Getafe. PSG have already lost a game this season, so Bayern Munich. Calma, tranquilo, all is fine. This season is another season that you could almost asterisk, to be honest. Um, 
there are so many variables that throw bias into the equation, but the one constant is that no team is not affected. So I guess if you can take that overall concept with a grain of salt and say just enjoy the season as a football fan as a whole, then we'll be fine. Um, what are we currently? Like six on the ladder? Anyway, seven out of 12 points. Seven out of 12 points and um, yeah, it, it could be way worse. So as I said, got to bury those teams. Got to bury those teams that you need to bury those ones in the middle of the table and those ones at the bottom of the table. Losses again for Parma. Torino got the dub over um, sorry Udinese got the win over Torino. Torino four games zero points. I feel sorry for Bellotti because I actually think he's in good form despite the shitty surroundings that he's in. Like he's a 25-30 goal scorer at any mid-table to big team. Imagine you throw Bellotti in this Inter, Juve, Atalanta, even Lazio or Roma or Milan. Bellotti deserves better. Bellotti deserves way better. He's that real classic, typical number nine, which is a position is kind of being phased out. And unless you're an absolute beast, Wahash, like Romelu Lukaku, it's hard. But I think he does a primo job of it in this country. And I think he deserves better. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see you next week for the final word. I'm sure it will be just as calm. If not, karma, because we'll get three points. Ciao, ragazzi.